Good afternoon, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. I, Greg Romero Wilson, comedian extraordinaire and fantasy football enthusiast, and I'm here with the show Fantasy Football Harsh Reality. The show, you know what, listen, everyone's got the stats, but if you're about the eye test, if you're about Big Mo, if you're about no risk it, no biscuit, well then this is the show for you. Stats, listen, you can prove that. Hey, listen, you got to have the stats. You start with the stats. But sometimes it's about the vibe, man. It's about your feeling. And it never comes into play more than it does in the draft. Because despite all the, the prognostications, all the numbers, all the shows, all the predictions, nothing can change the emotional waves that affect a real fantasy football draft. I always do a hundred thousand mock drafts. <laughs> and it never goes like any of them because the fact of the matter is like in one of my leagues, I'm 11 of 12. Now I know who I want second because they're in the second tier, okay? But the guy I want in the first round, I don't want as much as the guy I want in the second round. And I know if it comes around, am I really going to trust that with the next two picks, number 12 isn't going to shark the pick that I really ultimately wanted? And that is what happens in a draft. That is what happens when you really get into the thick of it is the emotion takes over and reaches happen. And I, I've done this, you know, over a decade now, and I still cannot control the emotion to just look at all in. I want him. I'll take him. I know I could have got him two rounds later, but I don't care. It's the only way to make sure I get him is to get him right now. So let's start with a segment, new segment to the show I like to call Fitting to Go Off. These are guys, I think they're fitting to go off, man. Uh, and of course, number one, this is not a surprise, Gabe Davis, number one with a bullet. Everybody has been talking about this, but you know, when you talk about the eye test, watching the preseason, it's the connections there. It's as stable as it is with Steph. Uh, and so when you think about consistency, obviously he had it with Stephon Diggs, and now it's there with Gabe. You saw it at the end of last season, and I know it's easy to be like, that four-touchdown game is so crazy. But really, you've seen it now in the preseason. They are picking up right where they left off. Gabe Davis, because of the, I mean, obviously, you know, Steph Diggs, going to get it done, going to be a nice late-round first, early-round second choice. But Gabe Davis, if you decide to go, like, running back, running back, you got to be looking for Gabe Davis in that fourth round. The other guy, and this is a guy that I was very reticent to go in on until, because of the quarterback situation, until I saw the preseason games and saw that it doesn't matter which quarterback they wind up with, they're both looking for this guy, and I am talking about Deontay Johnson, baby. Uh, I, I, I'm not hot on... The, the Steelers wide receivers, nobody really is. He's not in the first round, but from what I can tell, again, the eye test, watching those preseason games, it doesn't matter if it's Trubisky, it doesn't matter if it's Pickett, and it doesn't even matter if it's Rudolph. 
They are all looking for Deontay Johnson. He is the clearest thing to a lock on that team. Now, the other guys, Clay's Chaypool, and, of course, George Pickens, who, of course, we will discuss later, have uh, could get opportunities, might have big games. But starting the season, the guy you want to draft, he's available in the mid-rounds, Deontay Johnson. You know who else is fitting to go off? Tua Tagovailoa. He is fitting to go off. And listen, I was being on Tua. I liked him coming out of college I because I was affected by that national championship game where uh, in an incredible roll of the dice, Saban benched Hurts, put in Tua. Tua led them on a comeback to win the national championship. And ever since then, I've been and the, because Hurts couldn't get the ball down the field. Tua was the guy that could get the ball down the field. He threw one of the best balls I've ever seen in a college player. And I don't think that went away. I think that hip injury, I mean, you throw, you know, from your base, I think it, it, it affected him much longer term than we're willing to accept. But when you look at the way he, he didn't push beyond his limits, the way he stayed within his accuracy zone. I, I just, I love his decision-making. And now with these weapons, we saw it at the end of last season with Jalen Waddell. Now you're adding Tyreek Hill and the coach, uh, Eddie Munster or whoever that is, Junior M McCarthy, whatever, <laughs> MacGyver. That kid, listen, he's he is, he's a gadget play guy. He's from the Shanahan tree. He was the one doing all that crazy stuff. But I think this is going to create tremendous opportunities. I think Tua, is, for what he's being drafted at, like down there in the you know, 10, 11, 12, 13th round, he's fitting to go off. Um, you know who else is fitting to go off? Darnell Mooney. Again, you see it. The eye test is there. We saw it last year starting to percolate. This year, Allen Robinson is gone. It is the Darnell Mooney show, baby. And this show is going to be playing on the bright lights all season long. I love Darnell Mooney. And again, these are mid-round guys because again, I think most people are going to try to do the running back, running back thing. But it, yeah, you can definitely, I do believe in going running back, premier wide receiver if you can get one of those good ones. You do want a guy that you know is a guaranteed 14 to 17 points every single week and you're only going to get that from those top tier receivers. These other guys, they're all going to be around 10 to 12 points. They're always going to be behind by 3 to 5 points. So, But if you do, these are the guys that can beat projection on a regular basis. And finally, the guy that I think is really fitting to go off, and I have not liked him any of the seasons he's been in the league. But this year, this, I believe, is the year Joe Mixon is fitting to go off. He just The situation's so good with the other weapons on the outside that's just going to end what i really love is the audition additions they made to the offensive line in the offseason that was where they struggled and that offensive line the new they of course took took one of my beloved Dallas Cowboys, Leal Collins. So they have a great, they've put together now. They got to learn to play together. They got to build chemistry, which is one thing you don't think about with an offensive line. But I think over the course of the season, it's just, I mean, when you look at how electrifying that offense was with a shit offensive line, to think about what they could do with a decent offensive line, I, I just, you, I mean, I think it all adds up to uh, Joe Mixon fitting to go off. Now, let's talk about the guys that have been so conflicted. Uh, these guys, this is in my segment I like to call, It's Complicated. 
Because um, it's complicated. Singletary. Ta okay, Devin Singletary. Fine, I believed him last season. I And everyone kept sharking him right in front of me. So I didn't really get him. But then, like, he was dealing with Zach Moss. And then occasionally Breda would come in. But then, at the end of the season, right, the fog lifted. I think Moss got injured. And Breda just loves to be injured. And so it became the Devin Singletary show. And he showed what he could do. And then in this preseason, again... I test. It was, he looks great. That audience is humming. But then they drafted James Cook. And unfortunately, James Cook also looks great. And then Zach Moss vultured a touchdown in preseason. If he's doing it in preseason. So as much as I would love Singletary, Singletary literally migrated from the fit and a go off section. And this is why I wait so long to do this. Number one, I don't want to blow all my, I don't want my, my guys in my leagues to be able to catch up with me based on all my info and be able to go. But based on two weeks of preseason football, Singletary went from fit and a go off to it's complicated because it is now complicated. DK Metcalf. I'm sorry, but it's complicated. Uh, it's complicated by the fact that Geno Smith has never been a good QB. Well, I guess he had one season where he was halfway decent. Uh, his rookie season, I think it was. Or maybe it was. Anyways, doesn't matter. Even then, sucks giant donkey dicks. And I don't know about you, but it is not a common story in the NFL. In fact, I don't remember ever seeing somebody who genuinely was bad suddenly become good. I mean, I've we've seen guys that had that flashed and then you knew they just needed to be in the right situation and then that well, I mean, Matt Stafford for crying out loud, but Matt Stafford was always very very good to excellent. He was just on a bad team. The Gino is just bad. He's just bad. And Drew Locke has never really shown us, I mean, his rookie year at the end of the season, before he got injured, he looked pretty good, but then he got injured, and 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 he's never really shown anything since, which is why they just fucking shipped him off like nothing. Um, so when you have the choice between bad and worse, I don't care. Now, here's the thing, and this is why it's complicated. Because last year, I don't know what happened in that line that room. But something happened in that locker room. Because Russell Wilson, who's now left the Seahawks, uh, he would not throw the ball to DK Mack. Wouldn't do it. Would not do it. Down the stretch, he started doing a little bit more. But for those of us who thought DK was going to have that year two fucking boom, straight to the moon season, were very disappointed in the results. And not that he wasn't capable of catching those balls. Not that he wasn't open. Russell would not throw him the ball, and that is what the eye test told me. Now, the fact that Russell was like, you can have him, and left there, tell, there was there were problems in that locker room. There was, there was something going on that he didn't like, they wouldn't fix, and I think he made it a him or me situation. They're like, well, he's, you know, 23, and you're 1,000 years old, so you're gone. Gino, I think, will throw to him more than Russell did. I just don't know if he's going to throw it anywhere near him. It's complicated. I'll tell you another situation that's complicated. McCaffrey being valued as the second overall pick in some leagues. As, as high as the second, 
you know, and generally across the board in the top four of projected draftees. Saquon, late second round, somewhere around uh, 16, 17, but, but still late, mid to late second round. What makes you think McCaffrey has got better guarantee to play that you would draft him in your top four? When you get a top four pick in fantasy football, what you want is a lock, a guarantee, a guy you know is going to play at least week one fully healthy. With McCaffrey, you just don't know. And Saquon's been, they've been using Saquon. You get the eye test on Saquon. You can see, but somehow Saquon, which by the way, they both parallel seasons, two great seasons. One of them, his rookie season helped me win a championship. And then two injured seasons. But for some reason, we're like Saquon down there, but McCaffrey, oh, what can McCaffrey do? I'm getting him sit. Listen, if you draft him in the top four, and he fucks you, that's on you. That's on you. Because in top four, you want it. Now, I know Derrick Henry's coming off an injury, but he's Derrick fucking Henry. And he's coming off. He looks good, sounds good. He's ready to go. So I'm far less worried about Derrick Henry, who has not been injury prone till that foot injury. And he's had lots of time to recover for, from it. Versus... Say, you know, Christian McCaffrey seems to be staying. Not that he won't have a great, might play great and not get into it. He might, but top four? No, no, no. The earliest, uh, he should be left to the guys in the 10, 11, 12 section of the first round if you're in a 12-teamer um, and not drafted top four. If you do that, listen, you, that's on you, buddy. But uh, to me, top four, you want to lock and McCaffrey just, you know, much like, I'm not saying Saquon should go top four. I'm saying McCaffrey should be right down there, closer to where Saquon is. You know what else is complicated? Javante. Oh, my God. Javante Williams. I, I just, I just don't know. He, I mean, based on what we saw at the end of last season, he should be on the fit and go off list. But instead, it's complicated. Why? Why is it complicated? Because they went and re-signed Melvin Gordon. They re which they had a perfect 50-50 split when get when Gordon was healthy. And now he's back and he's healthy. And what if Gordon's healthy all season and, and Javante gets hurt? I mean, it just it complicates the situation because they were so 50-50. And, and honestly, for the team, makes perfect sense to have two great running backs that you could actually do a 50-50 split with. I mean, that's, for the team, marvelous. For you, for me, fucking horrible. And considering he's being drafted in the second round right now, I mean, most guys are jumping up right up there to get him. I, I mean, if he lasts to the third, maybe he's more worth it, but most guys are grabbing him in the second round. From what I can tell, from all the mock, the mock drafts I've done where, got, where real people were actually involved, people are jumping up and grabbing him in the second round. But he should go off. But I'm telling you, I, I mean, he should, he should be fit to go off. But it's complicated. If you get him in the third or fourth, I get it. And I know he's projected for third round, but... He's not. People are jumping for him. That's all there is. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I would love, like, if I wanted Saquon, I don't know that I could wait, you know, like in the second round. I don't know if I could. If I'm at the end and I have to wait for him, he's not coming all the way back around. So I may have to reach for him. I mean, we'll see. You know, that's the thing. Okay, now, let's talk about some uh, some values. 
Rashad Penny, listen, I know the guy's injured a lot, but what he showed at the end of last season, and he's going like the, the seventh, eighth round, listen, grab him in the sixth. That guy is, is a beaut. Uh, I mean, listen, I know, and he's already, but got a little bit of, of uh, oh no, I guess it was Kenny Walker. Kenneth Walker, Rashad had a groin strain for a minute, but he seems back already back in practice. And now Kenneth Walker, who's supposed to be this rookie from, I think, Michigan State, who's supposed to come in and take on the dungeons. He's, he, guess who's also already injured. So I think Rashad Penny is, is tremendous value. And I think he has the opportunity, especially with that, you know, quarterback situation to to really produce and do amazing things this season. I think he's a value down there at the sixth, seventh, eighth round. Cordero Patterson. I don't know why people are letting him slip all the way to the end. I know he's old, but when he was healthy, he absolutely was amazing last season. So I I, I see him as a deep value. Gray, reach a little bit for him. Make sure he doesn't slip past you, because someone will reach for him. I guarantee you. Somebody who goes high on the wide receivers is going to end up with these guys. Another value, Brandon Cooks. Listen, the guy's over 1,000 yards. It doesn't matter where he plays. And he's got the – Davis Mills was his quarterback last season. It's his quarterback. I expect Davis Mills to actually take a step forward. I think he's a far better quarterback than people are giving him credit for because, you know, he's not flashy. He's statuesque. He's definitely more of a Matt Ryan type. But Matt Ryan, Brandon Ryan did a lot of good things this league, so I wouldn't count him out. I like Brandon Cooks to have another 1,000-yard season and to, to help you to have a great wide receiver, too. McCole Hardman. Everyone is acting like he's just not even playing for the Chiefs anymore. You can get him in, like, the 12th round. And right now, and everybody's like, Sky Moore and Juju. And we don't know until the real bullets fly. We don't know who's going to really gel with Mahomes. But you know who's got a one-season lead on all of them? McCall Hardman. He's the one that's supposed, that could be the deep threat replacement for Tyreek, as he was whenever Tyreek wasn't in the game. Late round value, McCall Hardman. Alan Lazard, you know, he's down there at the bottom too, but, you know, all signs. And again, thank God he's down there in like, you know, 10, 11, 12, because, you know, the eye test hasn't been that great to Alan Lazard, but... Aaron Rodgers is that great, and he's re remarked about he's the new wide receiver one many, many times. Wide receiver one. So he's worth it down there. Marvin Jones. I know everyone's talking over in Jacksonville. I know everyone is talking about Christian Kirk. How they're looking for, well, they're trying to establish Christian Kirk. The other guys weren't even in the game. And Marvin Jones, the guy that he has tremendous chemistry with, he was the number two to DJ Chark. DJ Chark is in Detroit. I like Marvin Jones' opportunity. You can get him in the 14th fucking round. Get Marvin Jones. And finally, Nelson Aguilar. Talk about the eye test. Okay? Nelson, when I was watching the preseason game, Mac Jones hit 154-yarder or 45-yarder to who? Nelson Aguilar. I, I, Kendrick Bourne is not the kind of receiver that has a lock on this situation. I think there's tremendous opportunity. I think he's got the talent, the size, and I think he's going to be the deep threat. You get him very late, get him around 12-13, you go get Nelson Aguilar. Now, let's talk about some sleepers, right? Number one, Brandon Ayuk. Listen, here's what no one's talking about. Apparently, 
according to the various uh, news sources. Not the lamestream media. But apparently Brandon has done the, the Cooper Cup thing and spent all, he invested all, while Debo was running around with Jimmy G, he was investing all his time into Trey Lance. He did the whole eating breakfast with him, hanging out thing. Now, the plays will obviously still be designed around Debo, but the chemistry, I think, is going to be with Ayuk. And considering he's going somewhere, you know, down there in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, I think you grab him. He's going to be, he he's going to light it up. This, I, I mean, Cooper Cup was not drafted number one overall the year before he went off. I think we see the same situation happening with Brandon Ayuk, and I think it might disappoint a lot of Debo, uh, Debo drafters. Brian Robinson, the running back in Washington, I, his opportunity is fantastic because Gibson looks awful. He looks awful in preseason. He just looks terrible. I think it'll be Brian, Wash, uh, Brian Robinson's team very quickly, within three games. Davis Mills, if you're in a super flex league, do not, or dynasty, don't overlook Davis Mills. Don't be surprised if Davis Mills makes an impression on this season. Again, another dynasty thing, Sam Ellinger over there in Indianapolis. Obviously, Matt Ryan, this is one and done, maybe two seasons. Nick, uh, big dick, Nick uh, Foles brought in to be the backup, obviously, and, and lead the charge. But the one who's really looked good, again, the eye test, you know who looked good? Sam Ellinger. Get Sam Ellinger if you're in Dynasty. And finally, Jarvis Landry. We haven't seen much happening, but, you know, in preseason yet. But when you look at the competition, Michael Thomas, yeah, he's coming back, but he's already injured again. Not huge on Michael Thomas. Jarvis Landry. Nobody's talking about him because, you know, they have Chris Olave coming in, and, and Michael Thomas is coming back. Michael Thomas already injured. Listen, you could, you could dart throw him, absolutely, but it looks like it's going to be another injury season for Michael Thomas, in and out and in and out and in and out. Jarvis Landry, highly dependable guy. And Chris Olave, rookie. I mean, granted, probably talented, probably could be the next Michael Thomas, but he's got to build up that rapport. He's got to build up chemistry. I think Jarvis Landry becomes that dependable, or you know, third down wide receiver that we see a lot of action going towards. Deep sleeper, not deep sleeper, really, but Jarvis Landry. Late round flyers. Jamison Crowder. Look, I know everyone's all hot for Isaiah McKenzie, and I get it, but Jamison Crowder also, again, I test, looked very very good. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. You know, if you got, if you're in a deeper league, 12, 14 team, you get towards the end. Pick up Jamison Crowder. Hold on to him because he's he's one injury away from fitting, getting on the field. And I don't know if once he gets on, he ever leaves. Isaiah Likely. Listen, I and you know what's funny about this is right now Mark Andrews is the number two tight end on the boards, but. Isaiah Likely is going to diminish his value. Isaiah Likely's value is going to go up, especially since Mark Andrews has a history of injuries. I, Isaiah Likely will get a chance. And I think, and I've got to actually be sure and watch my bold predictions section later where I will talk about Isaiah Likely again. Now, uh, Las Vegas, Samir White. Again, the eye test, this guy looks very, very good. And so does Amir Abdullah. Obviously, if you get Josh Jacobs, you're probably going to handcuff him with Amir Abdullah. 
But if you're in a dynasty league or if you're in a deeper 12, 14 team league, then guess what? You're probably going to want to dig into Zamir White towards the end because he's a late round flyer. And again, one injury away and that guy could see, be seeing opportunity. And let's be honest, Josh Jacobs, he might be able to give up some games. George Pickens, this is on everybody's radar. Get him, pick him up, take a shot on him. He's definitely, especially, I wish I grabbed him in Dynasty. But we had our silly draft so early in Dynasty that, that I wasn't able to to evaluate a lot of these newer guys. And let's be honest, a lot of them turned to shit. So, anyways. Uh, Jalen Guyton, again, another guy, hot offense, the Chargers. You want pieces of this. He's Think of him like the Tyler Boyd of the Chargers. I think you want to maybe take a flyer on him again, 12, 14 team league. I think Jalen Guyton in those last rounds is an opportunity. And finally, and I had touched on this earlier, I had talk, talked about Nicole Hardman, any of these Chiefs receivers. It could be any one of them, really. So you want to take a late flyer, then take a late flyer on uh, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Sky Moore, Sky Moore's going. To, I mean, Juju's going pretty early, so he might not be there. But he, I think every one of them has a chance to be that guy. I think Nico Hardman has a head start on that chemistry that it takes to be that guy. But I think they're all going to see plenty of opportunities to action. Someone's going to separate themselves as being the guy. So take a shot, take a late round flyer on any of those Chiefs receivers. Let's talk about the ones. These are the guys that I think will end the season at number one. Because every year it's somebody different. It's rarely the same guy two years in a row. So here are the guys that I think are going to wind up being number one. And one of them I think is a repeat from last year. The guy I think is going to wind up being the season-long RB1 is Najee Harris. Finally, a good quarterback, but the volume is there and the versatility is there. And now with a better quarterback that can get the ball down the field and the addition of pick-ins. I mean, I just think a lot of Friar Muth having another season under his belt. I think he's going to have a great season. I think it adds up to Najee being this year's like Christian, Saquon, that kind of high volume catching and running. I just think this year, Najee Harris. The wide receiver one is going to be no surprise, Jamar Chase. Now, a lot of people are high on Justin Jefferson. I get that. And I think he's going to have an amazing season, too. I just think that, quite simply, Jamar Chase has a better quarterback. And he's not coming off an injury, the devastating injury, no less. He's coming off a Super Bowl loss. I think they're going to be motivated, excited. He have a better offensive line. Give him a little more time. He can scramble a little more. I just think with that chemistry that they've already demonstrated, I, I think Jamar Chase is unstoppably, barring injury to him or Burrow, Jamar Chase will undoubtedly be the wide receiver one this year. Tight end number one is going to be Travis Kelsey. I, I don't think Tyreek Hill diminishes his value. I think it increases it. I think it just, his numbers go up, his targets go up. I think he becomes the wide the true wide receiver one on the team. And then you have like a thousand wide receiver th threes. I think there's no wide, I think it's him and volume and everything else. I just don't think anyone's gonna, again, barring injury in a walk, it's gonna be Travis Kelsey. Number one defense, I think, and, and, and this opinion recently changed. Up until now, I was thinking it would be the Chargers. But they have already lost, uh, what is it, C.J. Jackson, one of their premier uh, corners that they had paid a bunch of money for. So 
he's out for several weeks, if not the whole season. I think just maybe four to six weeks, but I don't like that already. And they didn't have tremendous depth, but the pieces they put together, the Chargers, I think, could be a tremendous defense. But I got to be honest, it could be the Dallas Cowboys. Just because you still have Micah Parsons, you still have Trayvon Diggs, and now here's what changed it for me. That returner, Cavante Turpin. Oh my God. And again, and I don't think he won't make his way on the field. He might become, he's a wide receiver. Don't be surprised if he works his way into the wide receiving core. Tyreek Hill went to his first Pro Bowl as a returner. Okay? This guy, to me, is the next Tyreek Hill. And the things he's doing could make, in fantasy, the Cowboys defense number one. They'll have sacks from Micah Parsons. They'll have interceptions from Trayvon Diggs. And they'll have special teams points from Devontae Turpin. QB, number one for this season. Again, I believe it's a repeat. And no surprise there, Josh Allen. I mean, you see him. He is absolutely firing on all cylinders. The team is firing all cylinders. He looks amazing. He's going to run it. He's going to pass. He's going to do it all. He's going to have a phenomenal season. Again, I don't think it'll be close in terms of fantasy season points. Josh Allen by Country Mile. Let's talk breakouts. Here are my top breakouts. Travis Atn, I think he's going to break out. I think he, you know, holding him back last season. He has that thirst. He has talent. He's healthy. I, I, and and I love what Doug Peterson's doing with his Jacksonville team. I, I like him. I like him a lot. Damian Pierce, I think he's going to really help this Houston team be better than people think. I don't know if their defense is worth a damn, but I know their offense is is going to do is going to do better than people think. Um, I love Damian Pierce as a breakout. Pickens, we all know George Pickens, of course. Um, QBs. Trey Lance, obviously, but Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence looks phenomenal. And with Doug Peterson, not just instructing the offense around him, but knowing how to get the best. He got a Super Bowl out of Nick Foles. He got... An MVP season out of Carson Wentz, who's been garbage since then. Now he has this mega talent in Trevor Lawrence. I think we're looking at a Trevor Lawrence breakout season. And tight end, Cole Komet. Again, I test. I've seen how much they go to him this season. The, the chemistry's there with Fields, and the need is going to be there. You know, if Darnell isn't open, it's going to Komet. I think Komet's going to see tremendous volume this season. Don't believe in the hype! Three guys you should not believe the hype on. Number one, Brees Hall. Sorry, guys. Still the Jets. Kenny Walker. Only because he's already injured a little bit still. And they have Travis Homer, who looked fantastic in preseason. And Rashad Penny, who was amazing at the end of last season. I And Dallas still. Um, so I, I, I think Kenny Walker might be a shade for me. I don't believe the hype on him. And Traylon Burks. He just kind of looked like garbage in preseason. But then again, Jamar Chase didn't look fantastic in preseason last year either. But I don't think Traylon Burks is any Jamar Chase. Buyer beware. These are players. I, they look good on paper. They really wanted Michael Thomas already injured. I think this is going to be another lost year for Michael Thomas. Fournette, and I'll tell you why Fournette. The volume should be there. But I don't think this is going to be the same Bucks team that we've seen before. Too many things changed. And Fournette just got paid. And I don't trust a running back who just got put on easy street. 
because it ruins Zeke Elliott. Anytime a running back gets a bag, then they fucking suck. Prove me wrong. I hope you do, but I don't trust you. Juju Smith-Schuster. Again, the guy loves to get injured. He's already a little banged up. I uh, And again, just because they're saying that he's looking for him, I don't know. Till the real bullets fly, we don't know who's going to be the real man there in the Chiefs. And at the price for Schuster, mm, I'd rather wait and take a shot on Michael Hardman, Valdez-Scantling, Val- Val- or Sky Moore. And Christian Kirk. Everyone's assuming it's Christian Kirk, but I think they were trying to work him in. I think they're trying to build chemistry. But when the bullets are flying, the real guys are out there, I don't know that it's going to be Christian Kirk. Buyer beware. And that is it, guys, for fantasy football. Hush reality. I'm your host, Greg Romero-Wilson. And listen, if you would like to learn the craft of stand-up comedy, I uh, I have an online class that's available on teachable.com. Go to comedyinstitute.teachable.com and uh, you can take my advanced joke writing class, which is the class that Jimmy O. Yang took it. A number, all the comedians that you're seeing, the young comics, they all took this class. I hope you do too. Thank you for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, and share.